My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you are enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. everyone and welcome back. This is your host Patricia and I'm sitting down today with Liz Edwards. Liz is the founder of San Diego Spirits Festival. Welcome Liz. Right, thank you for having me Patricia. Absolutely. I look forward to diving into this festival which um, to my great glee and surprise has been around a lot longer than I imagined um, being a San Diego resident myself. Really quickly for everyone listening, a roadmap for today's podcast. We're going to look at Liz, uh, Liz's academic background and early professional life, and then we'll launch straight into unpacking the um, San Diego Festival that she herself founded. Um, and we're going to get into the logistics of um, the Spirits Festival, the who, what, when, where, why, how, when it was developed, who founded it, um, in addition to Liz, if anybody else. And then we'll get into the ethos and the philosophy kind of behind it and maybe some of the impetus that helped um, Liz in her endeavors there. And then we'll turn our attention towards the goals that Liz may have for the next three to five years regarding the festival. And we'll wrap everything up with advice that Liz may have for those of you looking to get involved with the festival or emulate some of her incredible success. A quick bio on Liz before I start asking her some questions. Liz Edwards founded the San Diego Spirits Festival in 2009. Her goal was to have a festival that was both consumer and industry based. Since its inception, the San Diego Spirits Festival has become a destination event, attracting high-profile members of the spirits and culinary trade, media and bloggers, as well as, as, as affluent consumers throughout the event's two-day venue span. 2020 will mark the festival's 12th year, and during this time, San Diego Spirits Festival has grown into one of the largest cocktail festivals in the United States and is a signature event for the city of San Diego arguably one of America's most trendsetting cities. I agree with that as well. I think we are a trendsetting city. Liz, before we get into the festival itself and all of the particulars, I'm wondering if you can walk us through a brief glimpse of your academic background and early professional life. Well, this is the fun part because you see, I was a high school dropout. <laughs> Excellent. And then I actually did go back and do some technical uh, college, um, early childhood teaching, uh, would you believe? And when I started doing that, I went, no, this is not for me. I had uh, sports children of my own. And I went, no, this is not what I want to do. 
um, uh, after uh, marrying my husband, uh, we had a, one of uh, Australia's largest computer software houses with offices around the world and also in San Francisco. So I was his right-hand man, did a lot of the marketing, a lot of the research. So I basically had a real strong background in marketing and research and event planning. So that was really the launch pad for, you know, me going, okay, what's new? What can I do next? I uh, founded another company, which really was the launching pad for the San Diego Spirits Festival. And that's called Let's Play Downtown. And that's exactly what it was. It was a media uh, a company where uh, I would film and interview people similar to what you're doing in different locations uh, around the US mainly for the spirits industry mm -hmm. so by interviewing a lot of these people within the spirits industry I got to know a lot of these a lot a lot of the you know uh, key people within the um, spirits industry and it, it was attending some of their events many many years ago when someone said to me Liz there's nothing like anything that you know you're filming for us or doing with us in san diego why don't you start a festival there and so in 2009 um, the idea came to me in february march in june i did the first event so wow. that's a fast turnaround <laughs> it was and the reason it was such a fast turnaround is because of let's play downtown i already knew a lot of the players in the media industry um, and the, you know, the PR professionals. So I already had a strong database of followers with Let's Play Downtown, especially because I would let people know where some of the events were happening in San Diego. So then it was pretty, well, I'm not going to say easy. I already had a following of people that would go, okay, there's this new event happening we're going to attend mm -hmm. so that's where i got my first list from it was really the let's play downtown list and it grew organically from there um year one we literally had maybe 20 alcohol brands but the venue we couldn't we, we didn't enough room for everybody so year two we moved it to us to a, a different venue made some mistakes there and year three we went to the port pavilion on broadway pier we've been there 2020 will be 10 years that we've been at the same venue. So I've yeah. grown with that venue. I really you know, and it's set up, you know, for those listening that haven't visited San Diego or attended an event downtown with, you know, not just the convention center, but San Diego has really endeavored in its construction and um, the way that the city's been built is to set up to handle a lot of varied size venues such as your festival. You know, I think it is key and it's not just beautiful, but it really can accommodate. It can, and the thing is that, you know, the city of San Diego, as I, as I pointed out, is a trend-setting city. Um, uh, there are so many great places to go here in San Diego. All right, we've got downtown and everything that, you know, uh, uh, the beautiful bayfront and the rest of it. When people visit this city, they don't just come to the bayfront. We've got so much going for in San Diego. And uh, there's so many great restaurants and the n nightlife here and cocktails here has really taken off. Absolutely. I'm wondering, did you um, launch it in 2009 alone or did you have um, silent partners, other people? No, it was all me. <laughs> it was all me. Did you take any funding or did you bootstrap? Bootstrapped everything. I've, and I'm continually bootstrapping this entire event. Um, my biggest supporter, obviously, is my husband. Um, and, you know, without him and his, you know, 
in the beginning his financial support this would never have happened uh, and yeah and bootstrap is exactly what i did uh, from the beginning it was uh, my house paid for a lot of things uh, there were there were uh, years of tears but now that it is a, such an established event uh, I have the spirit brands calling me, whereas before I'd be sitting on the phone calling people, now mm -hmm. they call me, uh, which is a, a nice position to be in at long last. Absolutely. <laughs> a different it, scene. Yeah. It, it has, you know, getting on the phone and calling people. And the thing is with this, this particular industry, this person that you may have been speaking to a year ago is no longer in that position. They've moved on to get another company, again, within the same um, industry, a lot of a lot of the key players stay within the industry, but they move to a different company. Right. And it, it sometimes it's been really hard trying to find, hang on a minute, where's my contact gone? And then that contact will remember me and call me later on. Hey, I'm now with this company, Liz. I remember you with the San Diego Spirits Festival. Can we do something with my company now? So it's been great seeing that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of that happening because all of a sudden, these people that have trusted you somewhere else, they know you and they'll continue to to trust your integrity yeah and having leads that kind of matriculate and um age it's like any other relationship right it becomes more stable there's more dialogue it's it's a great um thing if you can stay in a career and, and host a festival as long as you have i think yeah. the relationships really start to take form i'm curious 2009 was this really sensitive booming time period as far as like social media and i spoke with another founder um, a couple of months ago that said she too had launched her company right around the 2009 moment and during that time period her entire platform she had this in marketing program and department that she employed that just evaporated with social media marketing it had to change it had to be reassigned because the game was just completely different and she was running festivals and events marathons and things of that nature and she said that the way that to get the word out there was not only um, a completely different beast but it was also more effective for her it was I and people like that who weren't as stable as looking at specific marketing pieces were all on social to look at races and things and i'm wondering if the same is is true yeah for I would say I would say the same is true. Um, I, you know, as I pointed out, I had this I had this mailing list, marketing list with Let's Play Downtown, and um, you know, and my newsletters and such. But what really helped grow the festival is the digital marketing and that platform, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, not so much these days, I can honestly say, but it's been um, a lot of the Facebook and the Instagram and also the website. It's the content is key. And um, having that contact also content also be, you know, shared digitally is where I've seen a lot of my marketing um, efforts. I go into digital. Um, over the years, I've made the mistakes like a lot of other people have done and gone, okay, print, print, print. Well, print isn't print isn't the magic word anymore no. it's a lot of money um and it's great to get the eyeballs on something and visually you can go okay yeah okay that's the san diego spirits festival that's coming up but what's been really key and helpful with me is the digital marketing and staying on top of social media uh yeah, and it has. It's totally changed from what happened in 2009. It became a different beast altogether. Do you have a branch or do you handle all of it yourself? I do it all myself. 
You had it all yourself? I do. Amazing. That is astronomical. You can call me the person that wears all the different hats. I build the website. I maintain the website. I do all the digital marketing. I do all the newsletters. I bring in all the sponsors. Literally, I do the, I, I am the San Diego Spirits Festival. Um, I know. You get sick, your entire company gets sick. There's a lot riding on you. There's a lot riding on me. My husband is key. Um, with an event like this, there's a lot of licensing involved Mm -hmm. and he handles um all the permits um and a lot of these permits you can't get to about two months prior to an event it's not like the event is in august well we can't start applying for a lot of these permits until june so it's like okay i know i'm going to get my permits but what if something goes wrong i it's never gone wrong but there's always this fear is okay Mm -hmm. uh now what and the the other great thing about the venue we know that venue we know how to set it up and that's made things a lot easier it's like it's i could say it's almost cookie cutter the setup um we have things you know we have crazy things happening like a vendor doesn't show up to at out before the doors are opening and fire marshals not letting him in and things like that but because we know this venue so well it's made my life easier and my husband's life easier. So how is it structured? It's a two-day event. Can you kind of lay it out for the audience so everyone can get like a mental picture? Yeah, it's a, two, it's a two-day event. We don't get the venue until Friday a.m. in the morning. And we've got vendors starting to show up and it's not even unlocked. Uh, we have to wait for the, he's uh, called the war master, to come to the port and open it up so that we can start setting things up. And before anybody can start getting into that venue, I personally have to run around with chalk and mark the spots where everybody's going to be. And these all have to be measured out. So we have one of these measuring tools. And I, I literally, I run around with one of my daughters because, again, it's family business here. They all step in. And we mark the floors and, for instance, we'll mark this is this brand, that's that brand. And you've got to measure it out because some brands only want a 10-foot frontage, others want a 20-foot frontage. So you've got to measure all this out. And they're waiting to get in (laughs) to start setting up. So all day Friday and into Saturday morning, we're still setting up, trying to get everybody in there. And it's logistically the venue doesn't have water. The venue doesn't have any of these things. All this has to be brought in. So we're we're waiting on all these um, vendors that we actually bring in ourselves to bring in the water, to bring in the portable toilets, to bring in, you know, all these sorts of things to have it all set up so that when people walk in through that door, it's set up. That's remarkable. Do you have speakers or is it just these booths? Is it kind of just like a trade show or do you have um, Um, hosted events within the event? There there are many events within the event. And the way that that happens is um, a lot of the bigger spirit brands, for instance, they'll have ambassadors that will come in and they'll do mini seminars, you know, on... um, how this bourbon came about or uh, what's the difference between a mezcal and a tequila, um, how to make the perfect cocktail and, and things like that. Or we have chefs showing how to cook with spirits. So when you walk into the event, it's not just 
booth, 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 booth. It's not like that at all. It really is a festival. It's visual because we actually have a lot of entertainment. So we deal with the stage. We deal with the, you know, um, all the, all, all, everything, all the entertainment once as well. And then we've got the band that plays and the logistic about setting up a band. So it really is. It's a two day festival. Yeah, and within that, that's interesting to me. I wonder how much control do you exert over kind of the um, the zeitgeist or the tone of the event and how much do you let your vendors? Because as you were saying that, I was thinking of the emergence of the craft cocktail empire and how, you know, this um, uh, higher quality of cocktail, longer made and fewer drinks consumed, this whole um kind of trend you know set in and changed and it feels like it would it would take over the tone of a festival like yours as well you know when people want to educate as to the history and the recipe making and things like that how much do you impose a theme or a theme like environment over your festival every year and how much do you let the vendors kind of take control of that i'm the one that controls the theme I, I typically, I don't want someone coming into that event and putting up, I would call it a trestle table and stand, standing behind that trestle table with nothing there but themselves and just pouring drinks. That's not what this event is about. This right. is really, this is really, it's, it's, it's visual, it's tactical. I want when someone walks in and they they look speaking to a brand ambassador or someone that owns this particular um, spirit that what they're seeing is a reflection of what that brand is so i tell everybody that wants to be in this event this is all about promoting and really showcasing what your brand is about and i want you know to have a visual experience not just stand around there and just talk to people it's not about talking heads it really is visual and it's really about showcasing the, co the, the cocktail and the craft cocktails because it really is a big scene yeah absolutely and it's um it's heavily funded right i noticed from your website when i got on and i was researching um the festival that it is very much so you had um people dressed up in carnival kind of, you know, um, outfits. And I'm not sure from which years past that was from, but it does seem to be kind of like that. Um, the show personship of it all is, is very prevalent. You don't feel it like is, it, is, it is extremely prevalent. You know, we have one particular brand. I don't want to go into brands and things like that. They go all out and they want to be the best, best one there and they've been coming now for four years and every time they come in they do something different it's amazing um the amount of expense that goes into the build out of their setup it, it and they we have brands that take all day friday building out their setup only to have it there for two days and then they have to break it all down on sunday night mm -hmm. um the entertainment is key i've always kept this burlesque type theme back to prohibition days that's why i've kept that sort of theme and each year the entertainment is a little bit different than the year before people have been coming we've had people that come year after year after year and i ask them well what did you think oh this year this year is even better than last year how can you top up this year from last year and i have to continually keep innovating with what we're doing um and that goes with the entertainment as well i've you know i i i typically try to use the same entertainment companies because they've been loyal to me and i'm loyal to them but then i ask them can you do something different this year 
than what you've done last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's key with relationships too, you know, to make sure that you continue asking what you need rather than going with something antiquated yeah. or dated. Well, looking at, you know, going along with this topic of, you know, reinventing yourself a little bit every year, what do you foresee as far as uh, market changes or goals or plans for the next three years with the festival? Well, my, my goal has always been to grow it to be the premier, you know, go-to cocktail festival um, in the U.S. And I think I've achieved, I've achieved that dream. I've added um, components to the festival each year. I've added a bottle competition. We actually do have um, two weeks before the festival. We have entries sent in to us from all over the US and from outside of the US. Uh, they send their spirits to be judged. We have a team of judges that do this as well. So I added the bottle competition. That's been going on now for eight years. Um, and that gets bigger and better every single year. Uh, I've, I've worked on the VIP area. We've brought in a big VIP area. So Bringing in more restaurants is something I'd love to be able to do. The restaurants have always been the hardest component. I think they get tapped out a lot um, with being asked to do different events. Uh, the way we got around that last year, we had more catering companies who wanted to showcase themselves. I think that really, that worked. So, you know, my goal over the next two to three years is to just keep growing it bigger and bigger. Um, eventually. I'll retire and either someone in my family will take it over or I'll sell it. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's to be seen in the future. The acquisition, definitely. Well, I'm curious, um, do you travel all over? Do you go to other spirit festivals? Um, and if so, what are the, some of the key takeaways that you've, you've seen from them? I do go to other spirit festivals. Um, I'm actually, uh, there's a couple that I go to each, each year. Um, Sometimes I only go to meet new people. Other times I go to just reinforce my brand. Uh, there is an event coming up. It's, it's an annual event, the Bar and Nightclub Show. It's in Las Vegas. The only reason I go to that these days is a lot of the spirit brands that are in the festival, they're there, they walk the floor. They always like to say hi to me, and that's the only reason I go. Um, there are other events I, I, I attend um, in New York, for instance, and there's a lot of industry in that particular event and I go there to, to make new leads. So there's different reasons for going to different events. Yeah, absolutely. Networking all across the board. It's, along the all, way. About, it's all about networking. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So travel is, tra I have to pick the events that I go to. I can't go to every event. No, um, no, you'd be very tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm wondering if you ran into someone, given that, you know, you are going to one day retire and hand the reins over or look towards acquisition, um, if you were talking to somebody who was getting ready to take the reins from you tomorrow, and um, let's say it was another woman or female-identified non-binary individual who was saying, listen, um, I'm going to take this over for you. I'm just jumping in. What are the top three pieces of advice I need to know to get going? What would they be? Top three pieces of advice. Wow. Um, don't give up. It's not easy, especially if you're going to be cold calling people. Um, if it's someone new, obviously, I'd have to hand them over some of my lists and things like that if there was an acquisition. But there's got to be that 
moment in time of the introduction, get to know your customer is very, very important. And um, uh, get to know the people that attend the event because I have people that have been coming to this event year after year after year and they'll personally send me an email or um, they'll come up to me and they'll see me at the event. And it's always making sure that you've got that personal touch. Mm -hmm. You know, stay, st stay true to the uh, brand of the festival, but also listen to what other people want to say. Um, I'm not always right. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and even though right now I can say the festival is almost cookie cutter, it's not cookie cutter. You always have to be open to new ideas. Nice. I like that. So I've got don't give up. It's not easy. Get to know your customer and people that attend the event and stay in tune with your brand while also keeping a keen eye to new ideas. That's correct. Yeah. I love it. Those are fantastic. Well, we are out of time today, Liz. Um, and I'm bummed because I had a lot of questions about. <laughs> I, can't I, can go on and on. I love the idea of it. Um, I'm hoping that we can circle back around in a year and find out how last year's went and um, find out yeah. where we're at and things like that. I'll, I'll have to persuade you to come back on and speak with us again. I would love to do that. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy and I really appreciate you sharing your information. Thank you for having me. Okay. Absolutely. And to everybody listening, thank you so much for lending your ear. And until we chat again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Sancho.